Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Nathan, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Gus and Alvaro. Tonight, you'll be staying in room 129, Crimes of the Future, the newest film directed by the father of body horror, David Cronenberg. So go ahead, get comfortable, and throw in that Do Not Disturb sign as we slice into Crimes of the Future. Surgery is sex, isn't it? Is it? The new sex. What's going on, all you performance artists? Thanks for checking back in the Grand Cinema Hotel. As always, if you're listening on YouTube, smash every single button that you can see. Leave us a little comment. Tell us what you think. If you're listening to any of the other podcast listening apps, don't forget to subscribe and enable notifications so you can know when we drop our newest episode, which takes us to our newest episode, uh, Crimes of the Future, directed by David Cronenberg. I know that this is one that we've been excited for for a little bit. I mean... It's fucking David Cronenberg, so there's no way we're not going to talk about this. Um, you guys want to talk about how you felt after the scene and for the first time? Okay, uh, I'll go first. Um, what's up, guys? Um, I went to go watch this movie with Gus. Um, personally, David Cronenberg, I think, is one of my favorite directors. I just like that he's kind of out there. Um, I watched The Fly with Gus the first time here. So he showed me that. Like I, ever since then, I've like really, really liked Cronenberg's and work. Video drone too, right? I think I watched Video Drum on my own, oh. but you showed me The Fly. Um, I was really excited to know that he was gonna make another movie. I think it's been a couple of years since he's made a movie. Um, kind of went back and backtracked on some of the last movies he's made. I know he's kind of known more for that body horror stuff, but he's kind of later more adopted, like trying to t- tackle on more themes of like humanity. Um, so I went with Gus to watch this one. I walked out having like feeling like I had a lot to digest after the first viewing. So I went after to watch it again. And I think it's a film that has like, it, it just like puts up a lot of questions and it does give you answers if you seek them. But I also do think that they leave a lot of stuff up to you. So, I, I mean, I really liked it to basically cap that off. Um, I enjoyed this movie, but I didn't really love it. And I, I think it's pretty good, but I don't think it's great. Um, my main takeaways from the movie when I walked out were th- that I thought it was definitely mismarketed because they were trying to push it as this like really intense body horror movie or that it was going to be so out there. And I think I had even heard in an interview David Cronenberg say that he thinks that they went with that marketing approach because it's like the easiest one to sell. But this movie is a lot more than that. It's like it's a bunch of different stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's got a lot of different ingredients going on. Um, so I do think that my expectations were really, really high for this movie. So I I guess that's kind of my fault, too, for getting too excited beforehand. But I ended up feeling that it was just too short and left me feeling kind of empty. And that it was, I thought it was quite tame by his mm-hmm. standards. Um, but... You know, art, artists and directors and things like that change all the time. And I feel like the older they get, they become a little more nuanced and subtle, even though Paul Verhoeven didn't do that with Benedetta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking because they're the only correlation there is that they're these two old legendary directors of like genre, right? Yeah. And I do think they took opposite approaches to it. Like Benedetta was a lot more intense and like 
just really out there, you yeah. know? And I think Cronenberg has taken a more subtle approach. And uh, going off of what Rose said about, like, the big themes that there is in this uh, film, I also heard in an interview that Cronenberg has always wanted to be an author, and he did think that he was done making movies and he was just going to transition into being an author. And I feel like this movie feels more like a book than it does a movie, like in yeah, its storytelling it process. He does. But, yeah, I, overall I do like it, but I just don't love it. Yeah, I think I think I kind of fall in the same ballpark as you. Like, obviously, Cronenberg, like, I think the way that this was marketed was done pretty terribly, especially just, you know, the most repulsive movie that you've seen. Like, this, it's, you know, super False. intense. Yeah, like, and, and knowing Cronenberg's past work, I think that just kind of puts you in the headspace, like, this is going to be fucking disgusting, which it really was, and it was a lot more cerebral, I think, than I was just than I thought it was going to be. Um, I absolutely loved the core of the movie. Like, I really did. And I think that it, the way that it tackled, I think, human evolution is a lot different than I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And so I really do appreciate that. Um, but no, I think that some of the subplots maybe kind of fell a little flat. And I think it has to do with the length of the movie. But um, overall, I think it was a very interesting watch. I think it's very different than what you think it's going to be when you go into it. Um but no, there's a lot of interesting stuff for sure. I'm excited to talk I about it. I think those weird expectations are just a small little thing I wanted to say is like those expectations also came from those rumors of people walking out. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and exactly. From the showings and I mean, you would obviously assume I guess this is the same kind of crowd we make the joke like they think Doctor Strange should be rated yeah. R, you know, <laughs> and like it's the same thing like I guess I understand we all have different levels of tolerance to weird stuff on the screen, but Video Jome and Crash like are definitely showing you. The fly are definitely nastier than this movie. So I am really, I guess maybe that's just kind of talking on the creative landscape. Like, you know, but I, I thought even Titan had more um, disgusting, like, body horror type of effects. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like you said, people have different expectations of what they can handle. But this isn't even Cronenberg's most, like, audacious knife play in movies, mm -hmm. you know, no. which was like, I had joked before this episode. Uh, that I was worried about that because like surgery yeah. is not something I really enjoy watching. But even during the movie, I kind of turned over to Row and I was like, like I don't know, like it doesn't really look that like I don't even know if the word is realistic because I have seen that they would film Vigo Mortensen's body so that it, you could see the body breathing and then they would switch it with the like a double. Yeah. But it just didn't really. F I didn't feel anything yeah. when I saw the body horror. And I think this movie is a lot deeper than that. Like, the body horror is just kind of, like, some sprinkles on top it of it. Really it really is. I will say that um, I felt that way, too, which made me kind of question, like, how could... Like, am I weird that I could find, like, subtlety in this, right? Well, but no, I, you're just new, you just know David Cronenberg's work, so... I do think the story plays on that, though, the same way that they're not shocked that they're going into each other. They're seeking pleasure <laughs> out of that. Like, they've set the, the theme or how I should feel about it from the get-go. Like, this isn't wild to them either. So I think, like, that's on the second rewatch where I was like, well, that tone is set there. That surgery isn't crazy here. We see all these people, and I know I'm getting a little forward here, but we see all these people kind of like how you would be making out in an alley, but instead they're going Stab at each, each other, other yeah. and it's like that's what this world is like there is no surgery or cutting into each other isn't anything crazy so i almost feel like the, the you feeling like that is almost like you're resonating with the characters you know yeah that's how i took it on the second watch like, that, it was like that's true i didn't think about that like we are almost in their point of view of like okay so what you're showing me this movie and like i've seen 10 worse things on twitter it, today yeah, yeah exactly um so i think because 
sci-fi has or well, i think sci-fi has this problem of sometimes it can already feel dated on arrival because like the script i know he's been working on it for like 20 years and all that and just the the things that are in the movie like microplastics and yeah. like pain and ple- like the idea of pain being pleasure and like these taboo avant-garde shows like Roe had said i mean not to nitpick it but all those things to me don't say anything about the future that's like the society we live in now so it feels more like a reflection of our society now than an actual like dystopian future yeah just to put some examples out there it's like people are into all types of like fetishes of like pain and things like that or even like you guys have like a bunch of tattoos and people say like that shit feels really good Mm -hmm. right and how is that any different than one thing that actually happens in the movie i mean people in real life get their lips and their eyeballs tattooed you know what i mean and then like the surgery uh i feel like the thing about like the sex being different new surgery yeah i well, that's kind of a timeline we're living in. Like, I just saw, uh, saw this tweet the other day. It was from 2015. It was like, in 10 years, people will be having sex with robots. And then I, it was a tweet now, and it was like, yeah, people are already doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly, I mean? yeah. So sometimes I think it can feel dated on arrival. And then, like, the microplastics thing, I feel like that's something that... Uh, like, no one had been talking about it for a while, but if you're on the internet a it's lot... It's erupted. That's a, yeah. that's a thing that's erupted. So it just feels not so futuristic to me. It feels more like a reflection of the time we live in now, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that is Cronenberg had already kind of fleshed this idea or, like, thrown this script kind of, like... He was kind of done with it because he had worked on it 20 years ago and he thought it was also dated in a way, but... Um, the producer that he worked with again for this movie, I don't have it on my notes right now, but he hadn't worked with him for a while, but he reached out to him because when they used to work together and they made crash, he had read that script and he told him like, you should, we should do that now. And he was like, well, why? He's like, it's not relevant anymore. Like it doesn't really make sense. And he's like, no, it's now more relevant than ever. So he got convinced that like this, cause what you're talking about, like microplastics is in the, I guess in the, like in the news, not really in the news, but I guess in the social internet. Yeah. yeah. And like people are talking about like Facebook type group, stuff like that. Like real people are talking about it. So, I mean, he got convinced that it's relatable. And I mean, I I, I guess um, whether that's a plus or a minus, that's depending on, you know, whoever's watching the movie. But I did find that interesting because I didn't know he said he wrote it like 20, he like started writing it 20 years ago. So, I mean... Some of the stuff that I know he took inspiration from, like, the avant-garde stuff is, like, do you guys remember when, like, people would, like, get married, like, hanging on cliffs, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, doing, like, on, like, their piercings, like, weird stuff like that. Okay, yeah, now that you <laughs> said that, one of the examples I was going to bring up is, do you remember that show Taboo? Yes. Where they would show all types of, like, it'd be, like, the people who put the clips in their back and they hang from the ceiling, yeah. like, yeah, their that's skin. that's exactly so what like, I was when I'm seeing about. all this stuff, I'm like, dude, I saw this on basic cable when I was 10 or 11 years old, yeah. so... Maybe I am just too David Blaine, Chris adjusted Angel, to these like, kinds yeah. of performance art weirdo avant-garde things. But I do think if this was 20 years ago, this movie would be like a revelation. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, oh, my God, he's predi- like he predicted the future. This yeah. movie would be like 2001, <laughs> yeah. like in terms yeah, yeah. of like, oh, shit, like he really was ahead yeah. of his time. But I mean, whether again, whether that's like a positive or minus when he released the movie, I do think you get different type of sentiment sentiments had he dropped it when he first was writing it. That's for sure. Yeah, I I think it's cool that we all have, I would say, different different levels of love for this movie, mm-hmm. right? I, Nate, I did want to ask, because you said that when you first saw this movie, and we're talking about it a week removed, that 
you probably would have shit on this movie harder if we yeah. recorded right away, right? Yeah, I probably would have. But I mean, like, and it really just is like, like what we're talking about. Like, I love the whole idea of you know the human body changing and like people using that as like you know in art form and like you know opening themselves up to that. I do think it's really interesting because it is relevant, like we're talking about. But my issue with the movie is. I just really feel like like the subplots don't lead anywhere. Like you have you have all this stuff about this detective, and you have all this stuff about um, like an inner beauty contest, and like all of a sudden some government conspiracy. Yeah, and I just feel like some of these characters just disappear by the end of the movie and don't really hold any relevance to what happens at the end. Like the gigantic reveal at the end. Like I'm not going to say anything right now, but you know the conversation that you're forced to have due to the ending of this movie has nothing to do with like 60% of what happened in the movie. You know what I mean? So I did feel similar to that, but I know Roe feels differently. So if you want to, I know you said you had some like counterpoints to those. Yeah. I mean, I those, guess right? it depends which one I was going to let them come as they come as we have them through the story. But Dude, can we start with like the inner beauty pageant? Cause that was one where I was like, damn, I wanted to see what yeah. that was. And I would, I will say like, okay, the inner beauty pageant se- seems like the same type of avant-garde people that are trying to do it. Right. And they our main character. What's, what's his name? Oh, Saul Tensor. Saul Tensor. Yeah. Vico so, <laughs> so he's like, um, good performance. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess what you would call it. Yeah. Like he's really loved in both. I guess, like, by doctors and by people who love art. Like, he's known. He's an artist. And, like, this beauty pageant thing seems like their way of kind of normalizing what he does, right? And because he's able to wield all these organs, and he seems to be a very unique person that can wield these organs. So they're like, okay, let's work together and kind of, like, make something happen. Let's Let's start wielding these organs. But what you do notice later is that this is the same doctor that gets killed. Yeah. So... This, like, the inner beauty pageant is trying to, like, almost unlock unlock that type of art that he's making and make it mainstream, which doesn't benefit the organ organ registry place. So those people that are working for the organ registry place and the bed place, like, that, that place where they, I guess you would call them beds or chairs, whatever the hell they make them, those people aren't in the interest of that being mainstream either because if all of these people start to, like, all these organs start to become normalized, then pain won't be there at all. And it's like, well, then they're out of business. And so is the organ registry because there's going to be all these organs that they can't really like, oh, somebody needs a spleen. Be like, well, nobody's going to need any of those things anymore because you can just wield organs. So yeah. it does, it's not in any of their benefit for these things to happen. Same thing with people finding out that the kid actually had organs come out naturally because that means evolution is taking place. And if you can eat plastics, well, then what do they need doctors for? Because yeah. we're, we're not going to get sick. So it doesn't interest them for him to act for them to actually know that the kid was born that way. That's why you get. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Um, so I guess uh, spoiler warning. Yeah, spoilers but, from this point on, I would say. Um, his his organs are tattooed when they open them. Yeah. So be like, if they were natural, how are they tattooed? And then you find out that Kristen Stewart's character went in there and tattooed them so they wouldn't look natural, and so then they off his dad. And so then now there's no trace of the conspiracy. And, like, that's so he tells him, like, well, he was, like, a martyr. Like, people are going to know that you guys did that. Like, well, we'll work with that later. The same way they treat weird-ass freaks now that are in the niche, like, oh, they killed Christian Dorner. Like, all those people that are still, like, but he knew the truth. He knew the truth. Like, well, we could silence those people. But once the cause is, like, the actual thing that we're worried about, like, evolution taking its place, like, we erase that. People don't know that that happened. And that's all, like, 
that's all the cover-up stuff with the cop and all of that other stuff that, like, I think after, like, the first viewing that you know that that's going on, the second viewing, you start to, like, oh, this starts to make a lot more sense. Like, that's all of them making sure that it doesn't actually leak out and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, that's what I get that. I just feel like... Like, I like the idea of, like, especially, like, the inner beauty pageant on how, like, the doctor wants Saul to be a part of this even though he's going against what they really stand for mm-hmm. because you're supposed to, like, the inner beauty is, like, embracing these new organs and he's famous for taking them out. Exactly. And, like, I think it's really interesting, like, the fact that the doctor so wants him for the recognition and, like, the star power almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, I do think it's interesting, but, like, I also feel like this movie, like, stuff like that, like, it just drops ideas rather than like fleshing them out it's like all right here's an idea and like just go with it that's true you know what i mean so i think that's like a problem that i had is a lot of the subplots are just they they almost get fully fleshed out and then they just kind of stop and it's like you're just left with an idea i see which i think is cool but at the same time like when you have like three or four different things happening with no real i don't know conclusion or or a solid like you know this is what happened then it just kind of leaves me like okay well I don't know. I, I will say that there's other stuff because I, I listened to him talk about it a little bit. There's there's a many of him talking about this movie, but he was kind of talking about at one point, obviously, I kind of felt this way too, that Saul's character is him, is Cronenberg, and that's how he kind of feels about his art is that he kind of takes all these things out of himself like and shows them to people and all these people love them. But in reality, it's like in the modern place that where he's at, he's kind of seen like a freak show. And he was kind of talking about it. He's like, I didn't really start started like oh Saul's character is me but he's like by the end he's like that is how I feel like and that's what you find yourself when you're writing you know, like I wrote myself so much into this so I think that was one of the problems I had with the movie is I felt like and it's not because it's a bad movie or anything but it's just the character choice and the director choice of Saul and Cronenberg feeling somewhat like anti-futurist you know what I mean mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to evolve he'd right. rather get rid of these things and like the stuff with like the plastics and everything and just all of this I, I, for me personally i think i just fall on the opposite side of that's that idea of like how the future should yeah. be or like it being okay to change rejecting you know? evolution yeah, yeah like exactly so i did kind of feel like i was just i just have an opposite opinion of the future from yeah. cronenberg and Vigo mortensen's character and like but, sorry go. Uh, i was go gonna say but at, at the end i feel like that's his switch that's what that that's what that i, shot I is. think so too is like char- it's like i am i am like because he doesn't die from eating the the bar at the end or does he no i, told, I, I don't think I he does told Ro, I or like, does he i eat beyond meat all the time I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh did you know it's plastic did you know it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. so like, yeah, i think that's why he's crying because he's embraced evolution but that's what i mean like, it's the the ending is so which is a whole other discussion cronenberg's movies are known for its ending yeah. being like he can't end movies he doesn't know how to end movies yeah so i mean whether that's that might be why it doesn't work like and i could if you if you have a reputation for not being able to end movies like fine like if some people definitely want like end the movie like tell me what the end of this plot is i understand that in life there is no right answer but for this story can you close it out and i feel like that's kind of what you're saying yeah. a little bit i just think with the movies of his that i've seen i didn't feel that way towards the end mm. but i i had wanted to ask you this because i've seen on letterbox that you've been watching some more of his later films do you feel like this movie falls more in line with the later films than so even though i haven't seen some of them what i had thought was that the it was more like if we, if this is a, a soup, like that the the stock and all that is the later films sprinkled in with some of the, the themes of the old the ones, older stuff, like the body horror stuff. Yeah, because I was looking at a um, like a picture on Instagram. They had edited all of his movies as like VHS covers <laughs> or whatever, 
And that four block of like the brood video drum, the fly and scanners, I'm like, that's what I love that's like, right yeah. there. So I didn't really take into account that he hadn't been making movies like this for a very long time. That this is that was a phase of his and that he did evolve to do mm-hmm. different things like Eastern Promises and Cosmopolis and exactly. all those other things, which I haven't really seen. I'm not gonna front like I have. So maybe I guess I'm not as versed in Cronenberg as I thought I was, but I know what I really like about him. Mm. And I felt like I didn't get enough of that. In this. So I will say that he kind of always does. He doesn't even really like the term to be called like body horror mm-hmm. because to him, it's like, what's horror about it? No, this is the original. I don't like elevated horror. Yeah, I guess so. Because, like, <laughs> I recently I found out like that this movie was pretentious, like in a douchey way of like how serious art is in the future. But I can get like that. I mean, we have a podcast. That exactly. is kind of what we do. But I just felt it's so heavy-handed in this movie. That is how important though. art is in the future. I think the heavy-handedness, though, this time that I like, I rewatched it. I think it's a, it's actually making fun of it. And the reason why is because the lady kind of com- comes out. I don't know her her name. That kind of telling her to go visit the the doctor for you the have a for the problem. organ. Yeah, <laughs> for the organ, which is already weird. I was like, she comes out of nowhere and be like, you should go see this doctor. Which is why he has questions it felt too. A like little what? Bit bad writing. But right then, there. like that's what they're kind of talking about. Like, it's like the underlying layers of people working. You're, you're you're being used for something. I also think what Nate said about just like dropping something on you. Like, okay, here's this lady. She's set him up. Who is she? Did I like, see what her the again? fuck was this? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, what I was gonna say though is that she's making fun of the ear man, and she's like, "Don't tell him I said this," but he's a better. I forgot, like better than performer. I forgot what the other thing was, but Dance, I think, yeah, I yeah. Think. Oh, I think she's a better. Yeah, 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 whatever. The ears don't even work. The ears don't even yeah. work. But like, that's what I think. <laughs> that's like, she, that's the scene where it, it, it really for me is like he is making fun of that dumb stuff mm-hmm. that they find all of this like this is high art and all this stuff, but it's, it's really not. I mean, like, it's that's those yeah. ears aren't real and like you know, and I, that's where I did think. I was like, at first when I saw it, I thought he was supposed to be because he was a poster boy for neon, I guess the the ear man for not trying to give too much away, but. It's like it wasn't really a scary thing that he was in the movie. It's kind of more like cheesy. I told you when we were watching the yeah, Ear Man scene. It didn't work. I was like, that's not working for me. No. Like, especially, this is in the trailer, but when you see him stitching up his own mouth, I told Ro, because of the world, because the world of the movie is that there is hardly any pain, seeing someone do the it, stitches into their mouth doesn't do anything for me. It takes away anymore. the, I, yeah. It takes away that movie layer. I'm like, that's fake. This movie's fake. That just doesn't work for me. He specifically anyway. had said they're like usually if somebody's doing that they're like screaming and the blood's mm-hmm. coming out, but the fact that he's just doing it so calmly almost looks like he's just brushing his teeth. Yeah, and I exactly. felt the same way. He's a little toothpick. Now I did I did want to bring that up, so I'm happy that you brought that up about the ear man and like them basically like you know talking shit on high art because mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what that scene is, and I did I did appreciate that. Different than I thought it was gonna be, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I like at first I did kind of see it as in like. Because he's, he's watching it, but even he kind of, you could tell he's kind of like, this is stupid. Like it, is, it is some fake ass art. Like. But, and even the same way as Ear Man is opening this weird show that's going to happen, you know, so he's obviously not going to be the main attraction here. He's just something that kind of, like the cheerleader of these weird Olympics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a mascot to get the people, I get the people going. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I will say, actually. A little Pepperelli. <laughs> You were asking about, like, the later films of Cronenberg. I didn't yeah, actually answer yes. your question. Yeah. Um, yeah, so because of the whole body horror thing, he just kind of said, he's like, I've never really seen any of the stuff that I do as horror. Like, it's like, it's very, the human, he's like, I'm atheist. So I don't believe in, like, 
what's going to happen after life. He's like, so to me, the human body is like life. That's our temple. That's where our expression comes from. And that's like, that's it. That's a life. Like, so you make of it what you will. And he's like, so like when all these things happen to the body, he's like, to me, I do that because it's like revelations of your life is changing physically because that's the only life I think you have. So I think in like his later films, he kind of, wanted to drop like known for being in horror and known for more be like he doesn't think his movies are horror he's like i just dissect human realism like people are like this he's like whether that's horrific to you or not he's like i don't know be like but the people are like this he's like so i just like to put those characters in front of you and then put them in situations that are futuristic or whatever they may be so i do think like Eastern Promises and all of his later films, I haven't seen Cosmopolis, they do still have all of those elements that make the weird, like the body horror movies, like, you know, like in Videodrome, there is like politics in that movie too, but it's more expansive on that part than it is the body horror. But I do think this movie was marketed as him kind of coming back to body horror. And I will say it has more body horror than his last movies that I've seen that are more mature. So maybe it's a little bit of it, but it's definitely nothing compared to The Fly or Videodrome. Or even yeah. even Crash. Because I've seen Eastern Promises. I actually really like that movie. Yeah. But that is way more of like a, a just a, just a movie, movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why I mean that's why I liked it. It's it, it's a, it's it's just dissecting stuff differently. And it's, and you know what's it's really interesting. I wanted to bring this up was that um, Martin Scorsese and him met, and Martin Scorsese said he was really like scared to meet him. Oh really? Yeah, like because of his movies. Him. And then he said, "You're scared to meet me." He's like, "I was scared to meet you. You meet Taxi Driver." Like he was just telling me like, "You make weirdo shit." You know, and it's just that's what's funny is that they both see each other as like you make weird stuff, and then we're like, you make stuff that I'm scared of because they're so different. Yeah, no, that is cool. And I mean, I I really like both of them, so it's just really interesting to hear that because Cronenberg is adopted as like a father of body horror, and you know, very other things known for his horror, but after like his recent like the Eastern Promises isn't a horror film at all, Mm -mm. but he, he is good at his at those type of attempts, whether. That what Cronenberg you want or not, you know, that's different depending on because it is very different than The Fly. And The Fly yeah. is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So, and I mean, if that does fall on neon in the marketing. Mm-hmm. I once so. again, marketing fucks something up. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how this movie was sold. It wasn't as this, it wasn't sold as this deep, like thought provoking question on the human expansion. Yeah, like, exactly. It really was. I thought it was going to be Let's this. Let's run to cut each other open. This movie, yeah. you know, and. Mm-hmm. I, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready for it to be perverse and provocative. I was ready to throw up in my popcorn, but I was not. But I did just feel that it was quite tame, and I do think that the older a filmmaker gets, they are more likely to make something tame. And I think, like with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Licorice Pizza, and uh, what was there was another one that we talked about recently. Um, anyways, but their passion projects. Uh, no, I don't know what it was, but just directors like the older they get and they kind of reflect more on their career and maybe they mm. look, maybe they look down on kind of what they've done before and they they don't want to be known for yeah. that like extra violent streak that they've had maybe and it's like let me just prove I can do something else and I don't I mean as far as I can tell I don't think David Cronenberg's later films are as revered as his early ones. So maybe he did want to just prove that, like, I can take what's really good about the body horror and finally fulfill what I've been trying to do with these other, quote unquote, adult movies. Yeah, because of what you said, like, he wants to be a writer. Yeah. So that's how I did feel that there was just so many ideas, like the ideas were flowing out of Mm -hmm. him and he didn't really know where to go with them. That's like that's my biggest thing is I feel like this like. The world building and like that, like all that, I love. Like I think he did a really good job with world building, just dropping you in there and like you know, 
picking it up and figuring it out like early like that but the narrative kind of lost me you know and something else that kind of that i honestly do still see as a negative is the repetition of um like the sets I'm like, oh. how many times are we going to meet next to this abandoned boat with this detective? Like, yeah. it happens four or five times. And it's like, there's no lead up. It's just like, all of a sudden, they're there. And it's just like, it just feels really lazy to me. Or I, like, I, I don't know if that's just like small budget. And I like, I'm always quite interested. I'm like, how does Salt Tensor get around? Yeah. You know like, all of a sudden, he's just there hunched over at the boat again. And it's just like, you've had, you guys just keep having the same conversation. It's like, what is like, I don't know. Maybe it's what Rose brought up that this movie is somewhat supposed to be kind of funny. And I, I guess I wasn't expecting that at all. But it's, it's a very, it's like the driest humor you could think of. Yeah. It's like not jokes. Like it's just funny, sh- funny camera angles and funny ways for shots to be composed and small little character moments. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, we haven't really talked about the cast yet, but like Kristen Stewart and her character choice. Well, chipmunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was like, you guys. Oh, you didn't like Spencer? Let me crank it up yeah, even exactly. crazier. Um, which I think is a really... I thought that was a very interesting choice mm-hmm. to, was. to go that way in this movie. Um, I thought she went full full sicko mode. You yeah, know what she I mean? did. Um, and what I had heard was that David Cronenberg doesn't really like to direct his actors. Like, he hires them because he knows what they can do. So he was... He said that, like, Kristen Stewart, because she hadn't worked with them yet, that she would do something and then like turn around and look at him. And he was like, I'll, I'll let you know if I don't like it. So just keep going. And that he doesn't really like to direct his actors. He wants them to take control of it and see, create their own character character and that he will step in if it really, if he really deems it necessary. But that with like Kristen Stewart, that was all her. That's interesting to to see. That's where she went with that, that sicko, that sicko goblin mode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think she made a very bold choice with that. Yeah, I think that, I mean, her execution on what she was trying to do, I think she did really well. I don't know how much I like that character, honestly. I want more of that character. Yeah, I like want more of everything. That's just the thing movie. is it kind of falls flat. It's just like, all right, like you're just this quirky little character and nothing really ever becomes well, of it. Well, it isn't that she's this quirky little character, but we don't get to see the other side of her. Yeah. That's all in the shadows, the mm-hmm. conspiracy stuff to make it disappear like Ro is talking about. She's a, which, she's a stan. That's what she yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> but, but she's also got two sides to her. She kind of reminds me of uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Mm. You know what I mean? Where she's like obsessed with them, mm. but she's also doing all these crazy things behind yeah. the scenes. And, you know, maybe if someone else had directed this movie, well, it probably wouldn't be as good. But I think we would get all of these other moments, Flesh if you if you will, the Star Wars moment where they go to the casino. You know, like that would <laughs> yeah. be the inner beauty pageant, honestly. Yeah. Or like I could easily see it turning into something like Valerian in the, a thousand cities or whatever, where it's like, oh, now we're in a beauty pageant and now we're in this government conspiracy office. So. Although my imagination wants there to be more, I do think it would just totally get out of hand if he really did it try could to go execute crazy. on all of these yeah. ideas. Like it it'd be this crazy. two hour and thirty minute just goopy sci fi looking like the inside of a cyber truck set. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wouldn't hate it, but no. I, yeah. It, it would it would have gotten out of like, hand. Well, I probably would have liked it more because it would have been worse. I like that was tight. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> hey man, when you're if you're like eighty plus, let it rip full yeah, send for real. <laughs> Go full Benedetto. So Kristen Stewart, I thought sick performance, mm-hmm. right? Um, we need to talk about the, the Frenchman, the Frenchman. Lea Seydoux. Lea Seydoux. What do you guys think about her? 
unsettling is one way to put it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I don't know. I think a lot of these characters felt a little empty to me. Like it, or it was hard for me to relate to some of them. I think I don't know why, but a lot of them just kind of felt a little empty to me. So the more time I've had to think about that. I I just think it's because of the world that they're in that this is how people are. Yeah, there's so, more like robots than anything. I will but say that it'd still be an opinion of like, well, I don't like that choice, but I think that because they're the sexless, painless, incel, yeah. femcel weirdos, that that's just no. kind of how you have to play it. But go ahead. It, no, I was going to say somebody explained in the interview they were asking him is that Crimes of the Future seems like it was set in a place where all your other movies happened, like it they they became true, like the Cronenverse. Yeah, like people. <laughs> In like video gym, they they like changed their body. You know what I mean. And so at that point, at that point, the same way the kid is that we haven't talked about how it starts that whole plot. The same way the kid is, are you human? Like because you're just emotionally built different, or you're organly bu- built different, are you still human? That's the question the movie has. That's our movie's broom boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's this movie's broom boy. Yeah, you know, as unsettling as it is to see a child chewing on a plastic trash can. <laughs> If that's the world we're gonna live in, whatever. Be like, this kid's lucky. That's, he's, yeah. that's the difference, you know, in terms of like you being the mom and the character, and knowing like she's terrified. But in all reality, if that was your kid and that's the worst thing he was gonna do, eat the plastic. Because oh, is he gonna get sick? Like, no. Be like, look, man, my baby's four days old. If she eats plastic because she can, good for her. Yeah. You don't even have to buy yeah, food yeah, anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, perfect. Send him out to the beach. Eat this water bottle. Yeah. 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 yeah, my baby will clean up the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, that's like. It it just seems like in a world where all of that weird stuff is happening and we're, yeah, like this, you actively know there's this guy that can kind of spawn organs. Is it really that far-fetched that your kid would be able to eat plastic, you no, know? No, right? Especially when your husband had a surgery to make himself do that. But then that's know? the thing, though, is like, is she the crazy Is she the crazy one in this world or are they the crazy ones? And she feels that they are the crazy ones because in human morality, how we are built now, yes, it would be crazy that all of these people are doing this, but the world is changing. Yeah, so with the whole microplastic aspect of this, Cronenberg I had seen was very interested in this from like from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And he thought it would be huge news, but then it turned out that the body was accept the bo- our Can body we- will accept plastic and it's learning what to do with it. So we are all changing and we're going to s- if we make it that far, we'll I guess we'll see, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't really see how that's a bad thing. So I don't that either. Was, that for me was where my just my opinion just differs on this movie. Where I think it's, hey man, if you could eat plastic, that'd be pretty tight, honestly. Yeah, but 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 I do think that's like um, give me a robot arm, give me fucking magnetic <laughs> eyes, bro. I think the characters kind of feel more the way you feel towards the end. You that, know, yeah. like they, I don't, they definitely do. I don't, I don't, maybe yeah. I wanted them to start like that. But even like because they're so against like the body change and then after like Leah Sadu like what's what's her name what's her character Caprice Caprice. after she goes and sees that one performance artist and like how she like beautifully like changes her face and then she ends up getting a body modification Mm -hmm. she ends up looking like Star Trek the next generation yeah Yeah. exactly I thought that just looked so funny I I thought that didn't work for me but maybe it's supposed to be funny like maybe well it is kind of supposed to be funny because like in the reveal scene that she gets she's like embarrassed to show him and he kind of laughs even the way it's shot looks funny like the angle yeah. of the camera yeah. it's looking down you know because you get her from like, kind of being embarrassed <laughs> yeah. and kind of showing the camera being like it would have, it would have cartoon funny. music yeah for this family guy we, we, we. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, like that, that was dumb yeah but no because i mean like that that does play into it like that is when they start to accept the fact that maybe it is okay to change your body maybe there are reasons that people do that and that's that, that's the part of the movie that i really do like and i think even salt entered that cycle starts happening because he is interested in the kid and he's trying to figure out and he asked them like later be like has there been a record 
recording of a kid having a full system of organs that were made up that aren't and then they go like no that would be like crazy if that happened you know and then that's when they become aware like what the fuck is this guy uh one other thing i thought about when i was watching this i was thinking about you ro because we were sitting there is in a couple previous episodes we've mentioned the idea of okay i know Saul tensor is this really famous person right but just him being a regular guy all of a sudden taking place in like a government conspiracies and mm. these uh what would you even call them like the the, the people who are pro eating plastic like, they're what, they're like plastic munchers really is diving into all of these worlds and it just made me think of you how we talked about the like idea sci-fi of, like, stuff why do or why not we talked about it with horror too like how come sometimes Why are you a getting person involved? just gets involved with the yeah. police and the police are like, okay, now you're part of this for real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, it's one of these movies where he becomes embroiled in a world of many different that's, situations. It's almost like what it is, is when they when he meets a detective in the scrapyard scenes, like that almost is like noir-esque. You know what that I mean? That is noir It really yeah. is. Like just sitting in the dark, like 20 feet away from each other, like having the same conversation. That's like, when they're revealing to each other stuff. Like that's what I mean is like when, like what's going on here behind the back? Because it's like he's the detective. He goes and talks to Timlin and her boss about like what's going on. But then that's how I'm like, and then you get him talking with Saul. So he does know Saul, you know, and it just seems like they're exchanging information. Like you said, like, I'll tell you about these avant-garde weirdos and then we'll piece together what the fuck is going on, you know, because that same way he has this weird ass fucking like tumor, tumor or something on his oh, like, yeah. hip. And like he <laughs> doesn't see, he's like, you see, yeah, he's like, you see, this is art. But like, there's nothing special about this. It's just like, it's a. And we need to cut out the cancer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, that's what he t- and that's what he tells him. He's like, you should get that looked at, yeah, you know? He but he's like, that That guy is okay with where everything is heading. And I feel like there's that weird dynamic between those characters, the the detective and Saul Tensor, and that, like, not that you brought it up, but it's funny. It is always in the same place. It but is. I guess that's, like, the secret meetup spot. Like, the same way Batman always meets up with Gordon at the top <laughs> of the building. I don't know. Okay, same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because, <laughs> hey, we get very superhero um, stances from Saul here. He's just kind of, like, you know kicking what? it. I was reading that he got injured. I think that's fake, though. No, I, I mean, he that's, hurt his hip from squatting? So no, like, he was, like, injured, like, on, he like, some like set. And that's why he, he was always crouching and stuff in the movie because his leg is, like, fucked up. Method acting. They haven't brought it up though, so that's why I was like, I wasn't sure if that was real. I've read it a few different places. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Maybe. That's what I mean. I'm yeah, not saying it's not it's true. It's not like Tom Cruise where I'm like, yo, I broke my knee yeah. doing this. <laughs> this is this is what it said. It said that he suffered quad trauma when struck by a non participating horse at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> he Holy was not able to stand for longer than two minutes. By a horse? Yeah. He couldn't Holy stand for more shit. than two minutes. I mean, it makes sense. I was gonna say because I know you guys are kinda I don't know if it worked for you guys or didn't work for you guys, you guys kind of were talking about his performance i thought it, it started to make sense to me more because he is having this unregular growth of fucking organs happening to him all the time and he's manifesting them well and it and it makes sense because like the food that he's putting in his body his body cannot fucking process it like you know what i mean like i feel like that's what a lot of the issues he has and why he can't swallow his food is because he literally work. needs to be eating plastic and he's not but his um like the wait is he eating plastic before then? no not before that's no. what, he's oh, okay. eating regular food the yeah, entire yeah. movie which is why he has to sit in that chair and like he always is like oh, 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 because he can't eat his food and that's why i feel like finally at the end he's like oh wow i can eat and not choke you know and he takes that precious bite of the purple the, the pur- purple goop <laughs> the, the wonka bar yeah 
that was another interesting angle in this movie. I was like, are you serious? We're like, getting a uh, candy production? We're, we're shelling out, yeah, <laughs> Hershey's bars. Mm, um, <laughs> we kind of got off track because we were talking about Leia Seydoux, and I wanted to ask you yeah, guys, oh yeah. where do you think that, where does she fall in all of this? More towards Saul's side, but I feel like she kind of changes first, right? I think yeah. that she's the catalyst in Saul of accepting it. Yeah, I think so. Because she only... She only does this because she's kind of helping Saul. Saul has these growths, and he kind of see it like how we do now, like cancer growth, somebody taking a mouth. It's kind of like empowering that you're not letting the rear body kill you, you know what I mean? But she's just kind of aiding him in that process, I feel like. Uh, it is revealed that she was a surgeon before. Yeah. And she, what, she went to one of his shows, I think? No, before. it's a trauma surgeon. Oh, she was his surgeon, right? Yeah. And then they have a relationship, a partnership. Yeah, all it's types of, something. All yeah. Types. yeah, it's complicated. They have a ship. It's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Um, but I do think that she really is, like, in, I do think she's in love with him, right? Yeah. Oh, I think that they they're both just are. artists. That's the thing. It's like they're they're they they're have weird, to be avant garde mm-hmm. artists. Like, yeah, we can't be locked down to each other, but they are. Big the fact that she goes with him to the organ, the organ place with uh, Tim Lin and them. Like, she, they obviously ride along together, and she. That's what she said. It'd be like, you're not scared of killing your partner. She's like, no, oh God, like, no, like, I would, I would never do that, you know? And mm-hmm. it's because they know, like, it's, it never gets to those levels. She'd never dream of it. But yeah, she definitely is in love with him. Yeah. Yeah, because she is quite jealous of Kristen Stewart's character, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we do see a level of protectiveness over Saul. And I feel like she's the artist and he's the canvas, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we do also know that Saul can turn it around and work the machine, too, which I thought was a nice little piece of set design yeah was the like organ button machine like a little frog yeah like, i love that but i don't know what that is yep. that like if this was a more mainstream movie i would have to buy like a guidebook that would tell me what that is exactly. like i i do love that there's so much lore there that's what i'm saying but i yeah. also want more of it the story building is not like this the, sounds the, blasphemous but if this was a mini series i think i'd maybe even like it more maybe that's true. i could get like six episodes of yeah this, like six hours of this that could be crazy really good world and you know so, like, okay, let me ask you guys. Do you think that that, like, the bed technology and all that stuff, do you think that's alien? Or do you think that's just something that people have developed? it's meant to kind of look like human evolution. Like, not how we're going to, not how we look now, but what they think we're going to look like. Because if it's, it, since it is a machine, what is the need to kind of cover it with this human flesh looking stuff, yeah. right? I think it's just to make it look more natural. Or, I don't know, Ro, what do you think? Do you think it actually is human flesh i know uh that's interesting i think that's that's just the stuff that he i feel like that's from his brain he just wants it to look like i don't know if i want to say disgusting or it's or it's like unique you know what i mean like i i would never think the machine would look that way i just think that's why would you cover a fax machine in human flesh right because i'm I'm, because i'm literally like (laughs) i'm like in my head i'm just like are there aliens in this world like i really don't know because that thing has tentacles that like attach to your body and reads your like i don't know that's the thing that makes me wonder how far in the future this movie actually is because that's never really um brushed up on but there is some things. It's got Batman the animated series syndrome where it's like this is in the future, but, it but has there's all no phone war aspects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, it does seem like these beds exist in a weird way for people who are, I, I guess, like kind of like him or something. I don't really understand who the use is for these weird beds. I okay, don't well, think they're one regular of them beds. Is a sarcophagus that's meant for surgery. Exactly. One of them is a breakfast chair. And one of them is a bed. Bed, yeah. So those are the three things we see. And I was so say, they like, all are like medical 
like uh, they're all medical pieces. medical pieces. So yeah. the bed one, the I think the bed one's my favorite one, and I think, I think the breakfaster is my least favorite. Yeah, one. that one I would feels agree. like how maybe how you felt about Gabriel and Malignant when they revealed him. I was seeing the breakfast chair, and I was like, that doesn't work. I was like, is this horror night? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I, but I, um, what I was gonna say is because when we start the movie. This is where I need to watch it again because I feel dumb not knowing this, but, like, he's not in pain, which is why he can't fall asleep, which is why he can't create organs, I think is what happens. So then it gets tuned. Or the opposite. Or the op- yeah. or, he, or, he, or he is in pain and he doesn't need... But, I, but no, but they kept saying... because The reason I think I'm right is because when later the two weird girls that you guys have talked about, they talk about how he's special because they their company is special because... He has to be able to feel pain to create that his organs, which is unique because nobody can really feel pain. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think that's that is what is happening. But it's because I'm dumb. No, I kind of forget things. I'm pretty sure because I think they even say like it's shifting him to find his pain sensors. Pain sensors, exactly. Yeah. So in the beginning, he can't fall asleep because it's not causing him pain, and then it does cause him pain because it starts hitting them sensors. So I think that's kind of why it looks weird. It's, it's it's very futuristic in a way, but it's doing something that I don't think a regular person would actually want it to do. I think it, they're using the opposite of what it's supposed yeah, to happen. Yeah, it's such a dense idea that that's why it's complicated. Yeah. Because in our heads, we're like, why would you ever want to be in pain, pain to fall asleep? And then, wait, you need, to, you need to do this to create the organs. Like, it's so compact. Like, this thing has got layers, just the bed yeah. itself. And it's so interesting because even, like, one of the times, like, the next morning or whatever, Caprice is like, what is it like? Like, what is the pain like? You know yeah. what I mean? I think she sleeps on a regular bed. Exactly. I think she does. Like, next to him. And that's, that's what I'm saying is, like, the organ, him being the wielder of the organs, like, he sleeps in that, but she doesn't. So it's, it's like it doesn't seem like it's a – and then we get kind of the reveal that this company, like, the sarcophagus that they do have is, like, legendary, and they haven't made these in a long time. And it would make sense that they haven't made them in a long time because, like you said, it's a medical thing. People haven't need, people haven't been needing autopsies. Mm. They, they There's no need for them to be use that machine for an autopsy anymore. So it's this legendary machine that they've turned into so they could have shows with them. So I do think these machines are kind of, like – like it's gonna kind of sound kind of funny. Like you know how contacts still exist now, but it doesn't. It's not out. That's the same, like the same thing. Like there was these things that they were made for surgery and stuff, and like the highest grade. But since nobody feels pain anymore, they don't get used. Yeah. And so he's he gets all of this state of the art type shit that, I guess, like you said, we don't know how much in the future they would be. So I don't know why it looks that way, but it just does. It could be a hundred years from now. It could be. 50 50 years from now yeah because it is a post-apocalyptic yes. world, right where the plastic has taken over yeah, and life has died exactly. off for the most part or at least that's how it feels that's what it looks like because the, i think that the world feels empty i think so too yeah um, yeah and i think it's it's not really i honestly don't think it's about the world like there is a good amount of world building but it's so much about vigo mortensen mm-hmm. and leia Seydoux, specifically those two and them both going through this this change. Um, one, getting back to Leia do one thing I did want to say is I didn't feel like that scene worked where she went and met the body modification lady where she kind of got, like, gills on her face. Mm-hmm. For me, that just, I, I don't know. So I'm very conflicted because although I did want to see more of that stuff, the stuff I did get, I didn't really it didn't love. Hit for you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I liked the weird conversations between Viggo Mortensen and Leia Seydoux, or Leia Seydoux and Kristen Stewart. Um, I definitely thought this movie was, like, really exposition-y when people would talk, Mm -hmm. because I thought I wasn't expecting it to be such a talky movie, really. 
there's just so much conversation going on discussing art, discussing future, discussing politics, government conspiracies. So go ahead. Which I will just small add. It's hard to get from Vigo Mortensen's character because the way that he's acting sometimes it's really hard if you don't have the subs on. Be like to, yeah. to see what he actually fucking said. Which I think is that's one of the issues I do have with the movie. I think it's a hard movie to hear in the theater. It is. Yeah, I mean, and it's not getting no Dolby release, you know what I mean? I don't know before. I think a sound bar with the subtitles is probably your best bet to understand this movie. I know they do have, I've started to notice that if we wanted to, they always do have releases with ca- closed mm-hmm. captionings on. They just I tend to I'm be earlier. That, <laughs> they tend to, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, w- maybe we should do better since we bitch about Like, I know I do. I bitch about it a lot and be like, just go watch the closed captioning one day, you yeah. know what I mean? But for this movie, I did kind of what you're saying there's so much talk between characters but our main character has like literally throat issues mm-hmm. and he is kind of projecting that in a, in a great way but definitely some of the stuff that he's saying sometimes gets hard to hear i thought in the theater because it's so obviously so big but maybe once the movie's out physical copy or something it might be better but that's like the stuff that gus is saying to have that element kind of sucks because i could see why people just get turned off but i don't even know what the fuck this fool's saying <laughs> uh, since we were talking about the cast, I did want to bring up Scott Speedman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really familiar with him, but I did think that this is a really interesting performance. Um, back to my point about wanting more, I thought he was he was being built up as this big thing. I don't know whether he was meant to be an antagonist, but he did seem sussy. He was a big driving force <laughs> right? of a lot of the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then... He was taken from us what felt like so fast, right? Yep. Before his story was really concluded. so fucking random. So although I liked what we got, I just needed I needed more of it because I thought he was giving one of the better performances in the I movie. Did too. Although they're all strong, mm-hmm. but I did really like his performance and I wanted to see a lot more of him in the film. Yeah, so I agree with that. I did kind of feel disappointed on that end because I felt like this movie had a uh, the first act and then a really long second act and then and then i was waiting for i was like okay here we go yep. this, is, this is it it's about to start getting really good and then just credits that's how i felt i was, I was like i was getting hyped i was like all right they just marked this guy like okay he just tried the plastic like what's gonna happen and then yeah i i mean i did i feel like i did miss a few things but overall i felt like i was moving along mm-hmm. nicely with the pace of the movie and the movie was paced really well too. I so thought it was. I kept thinking like, oh, okay, this is this is a lot going on in a short amount of time, and then for it to just be over like that, it just that I was really. Hurt, I really, honestly. I really was waiting for Kristen Stewart's character to pull some shit. Like I was really curious on what was going to happen and where the movie's going to take a turn. And like you said, like I was honestly like very excited for where it was going and the fact that it ended where it did. I was like, what are you doing? I mean, it has its long lived the new flesh moment, but it's it's completely on the other side of the Mm -hmm. spectrum it's played like as subtly as it could be honestly um another thing i wanted to bring up because i i made this joke immediately terrell was like the score was the best part the score was really good but the score is phenomenal it is so 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 good it is i didn't think they even used enough of it this movie i felt like they just needed to hit the sliders up a little bit more on everything you know maybe okay maybe not 50 give me 65 you know i understand he was trying to do something different but i just still wanted to feel a little more cronenbergy you know yeah and i did think that the score was really helping with it Mm -hmm. but that even in these moments like where saul's uh talking with like the fbi or whoever they are that agency i think they're called nuvo right new vice or something new vice it's a hard name it is hard like that and i like that they were like well why'd you name it that they were like because this sounds shitty (laughs) (laughs) we'd be getting the new vice sub (laughs) spinoff show you know but in that moment like when 
Saul's having these quiet moments. I did want there to be the music, but mm-hmm. then what Rose talking about, like our characters, like vocal pattern, you can't really do that. So I, I felt like the score was being held back, but it's so good when mm-hmm. it's hitting. And we saw that it was Howard Shore, mm-hmm. a new legend on this show. We <laughs> talk about him a lot now because he's just one of the best, honestly. Become a regular, yeah. So yeah, I thought that that sure. was a phenomenal, phenomenal score. I've been meaning to listen to it. It was really good to stand. I, I paid more attention to it on that second viewing. Like, this is a great sci-fi score, and I don't know if this is a great sci-fi movie. Like, I think that, but the score itself, I think, is like, you could put that on some epic question about life alien some encounter spaceship movie. shit you know, yeah. yeah yeah exactly like when rendezvous with rama comes out yeah like, please exactly. have a, exactly. a something yeah. kind of like this For know, real. or like work with villeneuve please yeah. please mm-hmm. or alex garland or something yeah honestly <laughs> good point no yeah i mean but i did really enjoy that i mean overall i i liked it i just didn't love it which i, I hurt, did too i didn't i didn't expect to ever walk out of a cronenberg movie just going kind of i want more i know yeah, yeah that's I mean, that is such an interesting but it was nice to see him make a movie, and he's already working on more stuff. So yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's still that he's still making movies, and like, like I like like we're talking about, like I really do enjoy this movie, and I love the core elements of it. I mean, I think it's probably more just a personal thing that I think he missed on some of the some. I mean, it's a very ambitious movie, like it really is. I don't think it's S tier, but I do think it's A tier. Yeah, no, it's it's really good, and I would like to rewatch it. Like, cause I only have seen it that one time, and see if I could put some more stuff together. Maybe I'll like it more, but. I mean, like I said, super unique take on the human body and human evolution, and I don't think that we should have expected anything different from him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely delivers. Mm-hmm. I do like that you made the comparison with him and Verhoeven since they're pretty close to around the same age. They're pretty old now, and I think that it is provocateurs. Yeah, too, it's pretty. You know yeah, I mean? that's why that, that that they have that comparison there. But I think it is. I am glad that they're still around and able to do movies because this movie. I don't know if anybody else could really give you this movie in the same no, way no, no, nobody no. else can give you Benedetta, you know? But you know who would try is, like, Neil Blomkamp, like, the guy who made, like, District 9 and yeah. Chappie and things like that, which this movie could have easily veered into that territory of It definitely feeling, could have. Like, I haven't like, seen it. Like, Black Mirror or something like that. Yeah, like, but this is this is just piped me up to want to look at Brandon Cronenberg's work. Oh, you guys want to watch Possessor finally? Like, yeah, so, like, I'm working myself towards there, but, like, I want to cover all his dads like all right i got it and then i'm like i want it not the sun you know what i mean so we can do that episode so then um maybe he that's the only other person that could do it you know his son but i was gonna say oh wow i lost my train of thought sorry Uh, when when uh ro was dropping me back off after the movie i told him i was like since his son's making movies now I'm seeing uh, David Cronenberg. I'm like, all right, Grandpa, go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we got to watch Possessor. What I did want to say is that although I don't think this is, you know, the upper, upper crust of his body of work, I do think that it's still just a really solid entry. Yeah. And that he's, he transcends a, a rating of like, oh, well, this is only three and a half, which is what I did give it. But yeah. It, That's it means it a lot more to me than a three and a half. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, I do think there's so much there. But... Yeah, he's 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 too goaded for us to be like I don't know. Now I'm questioning his skills. No, you know what no. I mean? It's not, it's not that. That's at what all. I was gonna say because you've you've said before like you feel the same way about like Scorsese's bad film is still better than like 
sixty percent, seventy percent. Yeah, like and so that's how I felt about Cronenberg movie is still better than most movies. That's how I feel about him personally. Like in terms of like, I'm just glad we got a Cronenberg movie, and I'm glad that his weird fucking mind is still make is still able to put a movie Mm -hmm. out there in a year where we are getting stuff that's we're in a very different landscape than when he started making movies. And I've veered into a little bit of that because I know he's Canadian, and like even when he first started making movies, people were kind of repelled by his movies, and he had to come here to make some movies. I wonder why. You know, and like maybe that's why he kind of trying to wanted to change them. Be like, I'm not just a one trick horse. You know, I don't just make all these. But I just really appreciate the depthness of the stories that he does give us. I mean, we knew once it got announced that we were going to talk about it, and that's how confident we know that his stuff isn't going to be like, even if we didn't hit it hit as much as it liked for you guys or whatever. It still has stuff to dissect and that we can yeah. talk about, and it's still going to be a good conversation. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. No, yeah, hundred percent. Sure, I'll be like, oh, duh, I missed that, and. Whatever, I'd be like, I'm I'm down to like this movie mm-hmm. more. I'm down to get to know her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll hang out with her. <laughs> I, I will say that just to conclude, this does feel to me like you know, Video Joe meets Crash. Crash has like was one of these first films that I think that he did where the body horror takes secondary to the themes that he's bringing up that are deeper. And I think just now that he's older, he's kind of just done more of that. And so this does feel like a perfect 50-50 of the stuff that he's known for in the beginning and what he's known for in his it's later It's like stage. a band who's been around for a long time and they've had like 10 great albums. And then they make like a weird experimental like jam band Where'd the synth thing. come from? Yeah. yeah you know, like, <laughs> what are you trying? All these new things. Like, do I like this? Uh, some of it, but I'm more fond of your your past work, like but David Grohl's greatest hits. Yeah, like <laughs> Foo <laughs> like Fighters like from Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, because this movie really is like way less body horror and just more body. You know what I mean? Bo- yeah, it's, it's sexy. That's for sure too. That's something I forgot to bring up. Hot. Like this, which like, <laughs> I mean, that's that. I think that's one of his signatures too. He likes making shit hot. There's always hot no, women in his movies. He's a horny bastard. Yeah, there's always hot Crash. women. That's oh a, I love Leia to do. She's too French for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he was trying to make James Wood, Woods look sexy in the eighties. Yeah. Like, so this man is a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> James Woods. Uh, the only thing I will, one last thing I wanted to say was that I. I do think for me, Videodrome is the comparison I see the most because mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen some of those later works. But I felt like because this movie was a little more subtle and a little more character driven that it wasn't as um, like sicko as the characters were in Videodrome exactly. because the the lady in Videodrome was <laughs> James Woods involved in yeah. that. Yeah. Relax, like, woman. <laughs> I feel like Kristen Stewart was trying to do more of that yeah, I think than so Leia Seydoux was, you know? Like, it, it just felt so different. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't think connection. I'm used to seeing, like, tenderness in a David Cronenberg movie. Maybe that's why. I'm like, compassion? I'm lovey dovey compassion between these that's two what artists. Crash has. Come on. Bro. That's a crash has a lot of it's so weird. I didn't come here for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like in, so that's what I mean. It's like all of a sudden that does seem like a very mature theme that he likes to dissect now. And maybe it just has to do that's what he says, like my movies are just kind of bouncing off of like what I believe in. And I think that's every director, right? Like Martin Scorsese has a movie about Jesus Christ and like same thing it's because he believes in religion, you know, and Cronenberg doesn't, so he, we get these other "Quote unquote weird movies from him, but that's just reflection of his David thoughts. David Lynch has a Disney movie called The Straight Story. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Every director is going to have one of these, and David Cronenberg is way past any of that. He's transcended. He is the new flesh. He cannot be judged. Yeah, anymore. exactly. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Like Kristen Stewart said, she was really excited to work with him because, like, she grew up and like watching his movies, and I think that's kind of crazy that like you could James Wood or like people. 
different age range can say that like growing up watching Cronenberg's movies like that's he's a, he's good. a guy he's yeah. been around forever he's a huge part of film history we've we've mentioned this before but like he's one of those directors where you can't talk about the history of movies without talking about him you can't um, and one thing I did want to say about the casting too was uh, Cronenberg had said that he sees himself as like a circus attraction so he doesn't even really have to get them to audition or it's like do you want to be in a David Cronenberg movie? And people are like, yeah, I want to go on the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you talking yeah. about? Okay. You know? Of course I'm going to go do that. And uh, he's just been very lucky that people see him like the year man, I guess, right? <laughs> they just want to they know what that's like. So they go to that freaky underground True. club and work with them. I mean, he has sicko ideas like getting Pat Pattinson and Kristen Stewart yeah. back. He's like, I have the perfect <laughs> idea for what kind of movie they can make. Damn, man, give it to me. But that's just some toxic work environment, if I ever heard of one. Nate, the the uh, the place where they do the surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that nightclub. Yeah. Did it not remind you of the one from Succession for uh, Tom's bachelor party? No, it really did. Yeah, yeah the, right? the underground railway Damn, place. Even in the future, these sickles are still underground. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> what do you guys think? You guys getting ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Any so, closing yeah. thoughts? Um. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that I've kind of talked, maybe not even super negatively about this movie, but I don't at all. Th- think that this movie is a miss i think that it is very ambitious and like we talked about i think it was marketed poorly um i'm very curious i even might go see this again in theaters like i do really want to see this again soon um once again like i said it's just a very interesting take on human evolution and a look at you know what it means to be human and what bodies mean to people i think it's a really interesting movie um i will say i think i've grown more fond of this movie even though i haven't even seen it a second time just all those ideas sitting there in my head i can they take they take time you know i Mm -hmm. think about just the government conspiracy or i think about the tattooing of the organs and things like that where it's taken up a lot of my headspace you know so i don't think that that's a bad thing i like that it's crawled its way in and my brain itches now when i think of this movie Mm -hmm. um i'd say definitely check it out if you're nervous about all the body horror stuff you know it's it's light honestly yeah most of it is in the trailers it so really is if you've seen the trailers you've seen the worst parts of this movie I would that's say. a really surprise um me. and if you want a recommendation of maybe something that's a little more sicko than this because i've seen people bringing it up um definitely check out tetsuo the iron man mm-hmm. that's a 60 minute black and white japanese movie about a guy turning into an iron man i mean this guy get his dick turns into a power drill <laughs> you know what Sick. i mean so if you really want to see some sicko shit i would say go That's check that out man. i think it's on shutter uh i think if you didn't get enough out of this movie you could definitely get it mm-hmm. there <laughs> for real That's i was gonna say um kind of the same thing you guys are saying i would kept thinking about it so much i wanted to watch it a second time um it's themes I find myself thinking about it every day still. And I guess, like, human evolution seems to be something I am very interested in, like, the subject as a whole. And the fact that, yeah, the whole microplastics things, him bringing it up to the front, like, for me at least, like, the yeah, our body has accepted that. And where would where would it go if we didn't just kind of, like, see these things as negative? Like, the same way that, in in a way, cancer is just too much life. Like, it's just, that's why it grows and it kills you. But in that same way, that's that's kind of how art is. And, like, those connections between it being, like, you know, all those avant-garde kind of things. Like, I don't, I don't really think about it because in that kind of way, in those type of senses, I kind of feel, like, very, like a, like a dunce, honestly. I don't really feel like stuff really hits me that way. But when a movie is really portrayed good like this, I start to see the things. And I think this, this movie did that for me. And I found myself really interested in, I guess, like, where are we heading evolution-wise? And I feel like, kind of like how Gus said, like, 
the movie made me feel like we should just let it go where it goes. I think the same way that people always think like aliens don't have sex. Maybe having, you know, the surgery or whatever is the beginning of that. After that, it becomes nothing because there's no pain. There's no nothing. So I guess I, I really I, I, like I guess I've said this before. I have the sci fi bias. I really just like how the world building is very sci fi, but everything else is very human, like tied into themes that anybody can relate to. Just accept the microplastics, dog. Yeah, just yeah, eat, eat your eat your breakfast bar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I play with the little squishy ball during the uh, during the recording the entire time, and today it's popped, and there's microplastics all over. I saw table. you eat Look, a few of those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll be fine. I stuck one in my butt. I put one in my ear. <laughs> Might as well. Just, we we gonna be okay, it, dude. Microplastics forever. Long live the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know if you've seen this movie and if you like it. Uh, I, c- I feel confident in saying we definitely want you guys to mm-hmm. see this. Yeah, I think it's an important movie. It's a yeah. good one. Check it out. It's would probably going to be one of the more interesting ones of the entire for year. For sure. So. And let us know, uh, would you eat the microplastics? Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> big, time big time plastic fan. Del Taco <laughs> later on today. All of a sudden, <laughs> that switch is looking kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to just uh, chuck my switch. I'm going to eat it. Yeah, instead. exactly. <laughs> Chewing on the mic. <laughs> then it's going right, to spawn out of your stomach. Man. <laughs> this has been a lot, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you, David Cronenberg, because I was never expecting to see a David Cronenberg movie in a theater. I know, I right? That experience. It's pretty exactly. tight. I think that's just part of it, too, why I feel like it I like cool. it so much. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Later. Yeah.